0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck,
1: and the Ayatollah Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode.
2: It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast!
3: All right, you know what time it is? It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Show. And with me this week is, that's right, <sighs> Ian Wadley, cracking Hello, Beer. It's another exciting episode. Uh, hey, you never know, by the time this airs, I might have drowned in the hurricane that's coming my way, because I live very close to the beach, so this is my homage. Wouldn't it be fucked up if I actually drowned and died, and you're listening to me now, like, you know, thinking that I'm not. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, it would be sad. It'd be like shocking. I mean, there'll be at least 12 people out there that'll be really sad. All right, so um, it's t- it's time to do the show, bro, and I'm ready. Um, so you know, you got some news there for me.
2: Yeah, uh, but before we get in the news, I just want to thank all the listeners, man. Last three weeks, we've been knocking it out of the park as far as listeners. Uh, Last three episodes have just been doing amazing. Uh, Recently, we've gone over 103,000 plays on Podbean alone. And uh, in total, we just went over 288,000 altogether. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, since we started a little over a year ago and for something as grassroots as that, uh, it's amazing. And I want to thank all the listeners and all the people who support us and spread the word, uh, because apparently people are listening and, and that's awesome.
3: Rock on people.
2: Yes. Good for you. Now the news. Uh, holy Jesus! hell might've frozen over, uh, there's rumblings now that maybe we might get a Guns N' Roses reunion?
3: Why, wow, you really believe the hype?
2: Uh, I don't know, you know, I, you know, I hope so. I'm kind of like I saw comments you made earlier in the week and, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. If it's not the original Five, who gives a frog's fat ass? Uh, but uh, it is very interesting that Slashed announced that they are on speaking terms. Which is surprising, and I mean, that's really what you need to get the ball rolling, is you have to have those two talking, and supposedly they are, and uh, a concert promoter from Australia, G'day to all Australian listeners, uh, he kind of put some rumblings out there that he's hoping to announce uh, Guns N' Roses for next year's Soundwave Festival, which is a huge festival over over, uh, Down Under. And, uh, you know, he didn't come right out and say, but kind of alluded to it, uh, that that there might be shit in in, in the workings. But uh, I I do totally agree. If it's not the original five, I really don't care. What do you think about this?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, and I have, you know, I I do have this feeling that if it does happen, they're not going to get Adler. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Matt Soran, but, you know, without Adler, man, I'm sorry. I, I honestly do believe that Guns N' Roses... Appetite for Destruction would not be as awesome as it is without Adler and Duff. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say, Ian. But what about Izzy? Look, Izzy just wrote songs. They were great songs, but they couldn't have been great songs without that rhythm section. The sound of classic Guns N' Roses all stems to those two people. That rhythm section. The great, one of the greatest rhythm sections ever. That's why that album is so phenomenal. Yeah, you had Izzy and Slash and Axel and, you know, it just rounds off. But believe me, listen to Ad- listen to Use Your Illusions. It's gone. And it's only one guy gone. Uh, uh, Adler. And there's no groove except on uh, Civil War. And, oh, who's playing drums on that one?
2: Yeah, but I think the re- it still would have sounded like that uh, with Steven Axl. Ad- because I think Axel just had... Too much pull by that point, you know. And you're right, but what
0: about Izzy?
2: I, I love Izzy. To me, he's an unsung hero. I'm lucky I got to see him with Izzy. I never got to see him with Adler. Did you?
3: Yeah, I saw them before they got signed. I saw oh, them Troubadour. Right. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. I also saw them open for Motley Crue on the Appetite tour. But Oops. that was they're... no, that they're... wasn't good. No. Oh no, it was a it was a really bad. They had a really bad night that night. Oh. It wasn't really, I wouldn't really blame them so much as the sound guy. It was, it was pretty bad, but I did see him in a club. I didn't know Guns N' Roses back then. All I knew what they played was Mama Kim. That was the only song I recognized that night. But, um, Izzy really is not really that unsung. Everybody, like, points at Izzy. Oh, Izzy this, Izzy that. And I agree, Izzy's very important as far as the songwriting, the song structure. He is kind of unsung when it comes to that. But he's also unsung because he chooses to be low profile.
2: You know? No, I, I, I agree, but everything, you know, it's always slash. But to me, you know, to me Slash is like Tommy Lee. He's a brand name. He's a he's a, you know a, uh, a face. I know? disagree.
3: I think Tommy Lee's a great drummer where I think Sash is 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 very average. Well he's, uh I mean did, did you ever see the Axl Rose experience? I saw them twi- three times.
2: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah,
3: and I and I loved them. I I look. Let me tell you something. I love that more than the Illusions. I saw Illusions twice, and you want to talk about a bloated, fucking slash doing guitar solos every other song, Axel ten minute piano soul. It was so boring. And I saw Illusions twice. I saw it on New Year's Eve at the Joe Robbie Stadium. And then I saw them with uh, Metallica up in uh, Orlando. And the only reason I went to that was because at that time, Hurricane Andrew hit us down here and I yeah. had no power. So I went to Orlando to see that show and stay up there. And um, let me tell you, man, it I actually, that show, I actually walked out of. I, I couldn't take it no more. It was so boring. And then the first time I saw him with Buckethead, which was probably the best, out of the three times, because the next two times I saw was without Buckethead. It wasn't boring. It was right to the point. They didn't go into long, stupid solos. I mean, yeah, Buckethead did a little thing with noonchucks but that was kind of uh, wacky. Uh, it would have been great on acid. Yeah. But, and then I saw them um, with that idiot DJ that I don't like too much, and, Ash, Ash, uh, but
1: yeah.
3: and I saw them at the Miami Airline Arena, And then I saw them again right here at the Fillmore, which is a small place. Uh, Guns N' Roses played there. Sold out immediately, but since, you know, I work for the city, I ended up getting free tickets for that. And uh, I got to tell you, I really enjoyed those shows more than the Illusions show. And uh, obviously more than the Motley Crue show, but that was because they were really, they had bad sound that night. But I am interested to see a reunited Guns N' Roses. With, but it has to be Adler, man. I mean, I know the other four will be there, and I'll tell you this: I know you won't agree, but shit, I'd rather have Adler than his thing. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Rizzy's Agre- just a rhythm player, you know. Okay. Yeah. So is Mick Taylor, you know.
2: No, he but gets any- home. Anyway, uh, here's a funny story that that uh, you know a rock band we love got tied into. But I'm sure you've all heard about the big uh, Ashley Madison hack. You heard about this, Ralph?
3: No, is what it? is this?
2: Oh, you didn't hear about Okay, Ashley Madison is a website for married people who want to have an affair. What? And, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Back up a second. There is a website Sorry. for people to cheat on their wives and people to cheat on their husbands?
2: Yes, it's called Ashley Madison, and their their slogan is, Life is too short, have an affair. What? Yes, and their website was hacked. And the people were just threatening to say it, like they said, Hey, we think uh, this is a disgusting website, and fuck you people. We're going to release the names of everybody who join because you join and you get a profile, and, you know, I'm, whatever. I'm,
3: I'm sorry, but I applaud that. I think that's yeah. awesome. Expose them all. Hell yeah.
2: So uh, they threatened to do it, and I, I don't even know, I, I don't know enough about the story to know if they asked for demand or they just wanted to do it because they thought it was such a shitty thing to do. Uh, actually, when I first heard the commercial for this website, I heard it on the Howard Stern Show, and I thought it was a goof, you know, because Howard's you know, crazy and shit. But then I looked it up, and it was a legitimate website. It's been around for a while, and it's gotten... Insanely popular, and so anyway, they released it, and when they when they sent this threatening uh, message out that they were going to release it, the background music was Thunderstruck by AC/DC, and uh, and they held a press conference talking about the hack and everything, and they handed out the lyric sheets to Thunderstruck to the fucking press, <laughs> and that I don't know why, but they chose that as their their background music for this hack, but yes. They did release the records, and uh, well, uh, a politician here in Louisiana was a member of it. Uh, have you heard? Of it? Yeah, oh yeah. All right. And are you familiar with Josh Duggar? No. The, from the Duggar family. Oh, anyway, it's this it's, it's Christian fucking family. They've got like fifty-seven fucking kids, and one kid got busted because it comes up he molested all these kids as a teenager, and, including his own sisters. Well, it turns out he was a member of this Ashley Madison website. And, uh, yeah, all kinds of repercussions. It turns out Christian Mingle was really Ashley Madison. <laughs> you know, it's all all these Bible Belt, you know, uh, you know, Christian, uh, you know, very upper class people. They're the fucking whores. They're the sluts, and I love it. I love that they got out. I think it's great, but it's funny that, you know, ACDC was used as the theme music to this hack. You know, that's fucking
3: awesome. Well, you know, in the defense of Christian people, you can't just judge them all by these idiots. Yeah. Or, uh, or Catholic, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I know. Smart. I know you get off on it because you're an atheist, yeah. and you just love when when God, people that fear God get in trouble. It's it, you know, it makes you it makes you tingle in your genitals. Uh, but I I know a lot of good Christian people that were or Catholic. Well, well I,
2: I love it. I love I, I love it when hypocrites get busted.
3: For those keeping score, that's uh, Ian cutting me off for the 23rd, 100th time.
2: Okay. I'm sorry, the sound's breaking up. I don't know what you're talking.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, what else we got in the news?
2: All right. Unfortunately, another metal label has folded to uh, to a big label. Did you see about this with Century Media?
3: What, they, they, they folded?
2: Well, they were bought out by Sony for $20 million, so... Uh, Expect wow. a lot of uh, bands that don't sell records that are on Century Media to get dropped. Yeah, to get dropped. Yeah. So, and I, I know fucking, there's a lot of, like heavy, heavy bands on Century Media.
3: Yeah, but but so, what the fuck does Sony sell? You know, the record companies are dead. That, that those people at Century Media did the right thing. Twenty million bucks, fuck it, why not? It's a dead industry anyway. Give me twenty million, I'll give you this. You know, it's like selling. Uh, You know, something that is like trying to sell a Walkman today. You know what I mean? The record company, it's a dead business. There's there's nothing going on. So if I owned a record company, I'd sell for 20 million bucks. It's much more than I would ever make in this day and age. There's a lot of bands that are signed to Central Media because Sony wouldn't
2: fucking sign them. I mean, why wouldn't you be on a bigger label if a bigger label would take you? But those Sony's not going to take the people. I think they're just acquiring a past catalog. What else is in news? Bill Ward on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Basically saying that there's problems between him and Sharon, which I found was interesting Said Sharon didn't like him and hasn't liked him for a long time. And, uh, you know, it probably has to do with him wanting a fair share. But uh, I, I thought it was it was a great interview. It was a sad interview. and uh, But uh, now we definitely have confirmation that Sharon has something to do with all this bullshit. You know, and uh, and probably whatever Ozzy said or released in the public was probably shit. She told him to say, and uh, and uh, you know he said he he thought 13 was shit. Kind of got to agree with him there, even though there is some songs I like. But what did you think of the interview?
3: Well, uh, Bill Ward did come back and say that he never heard 13. He recanted what he said, but in the Eddie Eddie Trunk interview, he just said he heard a little bit of it. Um, I agree with them. I hate 13. I've tried to like it. I was a little fooled in the beginning I kind of liked it a little bit, but I was like the more I lived with it the more I hated it And it's the one review. I haven't done on my eternal idols channel yet Uh, But um You know, I I, I found the interview interesting I found like, you know uh, the whole Sharon thing has been very well hidden, actually, till now. Everybody has been speculating it. I didn't want to jump to conclusions and say it was Sharon. But, uh, yeah, it sure looks like it is her. I mean, surprise, surprise. Uh, and I, if you ask me, I think Black Sabbath is going to do another album and that farewell tour, and it'll be without Bill Ward, and I really don't care. It sucks. Too bad. The next album's going to suck mark my words or you know if you like 13 it's gonna be great but uh i think it's uh, it's just bullshit and black Sabbath is my favorite band and i i listen to everything from the first album and never say die with fond memories and i just want the time to go by fast so they can uh disgracefully end the band thank you
2: well, one thing I was really interested in in that interview, and I thought he was a little bit vague on it. I was always interested about why he was initially part of Heaven and Hell, and then he wasn't. And he alludes to pretty much problems with one of the members. Now, it's either Geezer, or it's fucking, you know, Tony. And, I got a feeling it's Tony, but I don't know. That That's just my gut reaction. But, you know, somebody had a problem with him on the on the songs for the reunion album those two shitty songs that were on there because the one they don't even use them and use a drum machine and then uh you know they end up not use them they gave them pretty much an unsignable contract for heaven and hell he said but i don't believe heaven and hell wasn't even managed by sharon so she had nothing to do with that and he just says one of the members and I, i got a sneaking suspicion it's tony what do you think
3: uh yeah probably because uh you know he didn't mention in the interview how geezer didn't like his new album oh well didn't like the vocals on the new album and stuff like that but he said it in a jovial joking way like like he loves geezer you know and he didn't really mention tony much so right. but you know who knows maybe it was ronnie you never know you never know
2: uh, so next story now there's talk of another reunion you know granted on a much smaller scale but something I'd be very interested in seeing because I never saw it is George Lynch says there's talks once again on an original Dokken reunion and uh, says nothing is confirmed but it is in the works and they are talking about it uh, of course there's well documented issues with uh, the state of Don Doc's voice but I got to tell you, I saw this, you know, this fake docking last year, and I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, granted, I was fucking three sheets to the wind, but man, I enjoyed the piss out of it. But, you know, of course, I want Pilsen and fucking Lynch there. Uh, hopefully, they can get their shit together. I, I think they both need each other. You know, it's still, it's not going to be no huge fucking tour. They're not going to be playing arenas, but uh, definitely, you could they could probably do a really good club tour. I'd love to see it. What do you think about uh, chances of a new Dockin' read?
3: Well, I mean, uh, I saw it like two years ago. So, you know, I saw that, that uh, what's that guy's name? Levine? Levin? Yeah, John, John Levine. Fucking great guitar player, man. That guy's awesome. I saw doc in a few, and it had on uh, McBrown, but man, Don's voice was so shot. I don't know about now. This was like two years ago. Maybe it's gotten better, but if it hasn't gotten better, I really wouldn't want to see this. Um I would rather see the uh TN TNN Tooth and Nail Band. Right. You we'll know, get all those guest singers or or just get a good singer and do it without Don, you know, because Don I mean that's if he still sounds like shit. If he sounds better, then I'm all for it. I'd like to see it. I'm a fan of docking I dig docking. So uh there. That you go. So hopefully. If Don's voice is better, it does happen, but Don is uh, kind of a control freak and he likes to get all the money, and that's why it keeps falling through. So let's see if he behaves this time.
2: All righty, and the last story this week, I found this hilarious. Uh, Dave Mustaine was answering some fan questions the other day, and um, this is the most stupidest question I ever heard, but it was like... If uh, if they were going to ask you back into Metallica, would you rejoin Metallica? And he said no.
1: <laughs>
2: and th- that that is the funniest thing in the world because he would do it in a fucking heartbeat. But more importantly, it would never ever happen. You know, Hetfield got kind of pissed when Mustaine started talking a few years ago. He wanted to start this. Super group that was Lars and James and him and, and uh, Ellison and, and Headfield's like dude what in the fuck are you we just made friends again and now you're talking this stupid shit you know this wishful thinking that you didn't ask me jack shit about uh, they would never ever ask him to stay back but if you're telling me this motherfucker wouldn't drop uh, Ellison and whoever else is playing in the band in a heartbeat you're crazy he'd do it in a fucking New York minute you know, my opinion anyway. What do you think?
3: And, and Dave Mustaine's opinion, he would too. <laughs> uh, there's no way that guy wouldn't rejoin. He's been look. Remember that uh, that stupid movie where he was crying? Oh yeah, Tadari. some kind of
2: mon- some kind of monster.
3: I mean, that was filmed what two decades after they threw him out of the band. Now, what? now three decades later, he's still. You know, making these little comments before this comment. Uh, you know, I, I think Dave probably at the moment is, you know, fooling himself by saying he wouldn't rejoin because he's got this amazing new guitar player. And I'm sure this new album, I'm, I'm hoping this new album is a throwback to the earlier stuff and, or a continuation of Endgame. Maybe he's excited about that. Maybe he's excited to be back in Megadeth again, and uh, this may turn out to be some good. So he's like, well, I don't need Metallica. Where the truth of the matter is, Dave Mustaine never needed Metallica. That's the thing. I mean, financially, I guess, but Megadeth is not like, you know, uh, exactly playing bowling alleys, you know? They, They play nice theaters and they're still doing good and I gotta tell you man I don't know I don't know if you've seen him lately but that guy makes fucking Don Dawkins sound like Pavarotti have you heard Dave Mustaine sing lately no oh my oh man it is really horrendous he has lost his voice like you wouldn't believe wow. and yeah dude go punch up anything 2014 or whatever. It's embarrassing how bad it is. So, yeah, even more reason to join Metallica so he can stop singing.
2: Well, you know, admittedly, yeah, he's gonna be uh, bitter because they went on to become the the biggest metal band in the world. I mean, you know, that would be like say you're Terrence and you got fired from the biggest podcast in the fucking world.
3: Yeah. and speaking
2: of Terence,
3: yeah, you know, you know, you cannot stop with Terence. What? When, when will you ever stop mentioning this guy, bro? It was a beautiful segue you just ruined. Go ahead. All right.
2: Speaking of Terence, we have Terence with us on the show today. No, not that Terence. Terence Bernbach, Mister T from Germany. Is our special guest today as we talk about death leopards debut album on through the night
3: well before we get into the review I do want to say that other Terrence uh, if I don't die in a hurricane this Sunday I'm gonna join him and uh, mark uh, the Sammy Hagar fan so we're gonna review Judas Priest painkiller and uh, Ian I just thought of this myself uh is there anything you would want me to relay on that podcast now don't make me be rude but maybe nothing on the podcast but would you like me to throw in your opinion on painkiller in the episode no yeah you don't want to you want nothing to do with that podcast do you
2: no all right
3: is there a reason no, it's, uh, it's beneath me. It's beneath me. Well, it's not beneath me. Uh, the reason I'm doing it is because I sincerely am in need of medication. <laughs> I, I guess so. And uh, nobody has diagnosed me yet with what medication I need. So I'm just going to continue being my loony self and do stupid stuff like being on the Terrence and Mark show. Right, well, don't, is, don't it call it, it. is it called the Terrence and Mark experience? What's it called?
2: Don't start crying when they freaking wish death on you. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I don't think Mark will because he's uh, he, he, he uh, isn't he religious? Yeah. He, uh, he's too freaking cool to do that. <laughs> freaking. All right, listen uh i i i'm gonna do the show i know a lot of our listeners have this like hatred for both of them you know i'm trying to bridge like i'm trying to build a bridge where the bridge reaches the rock and metal combat podcast but then there's like three 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 yards missing so when they get there they fall in the ocean that's right i I need medication people
2: I, and I've got, I've got nothing against Mark. i got I got no problems with Mark, but I mean... And, and I, I don't hate Terrence, but Jesus Christ, come on. But, I, I mean, hey... Come on I'll what? Go. Come on what? Come on Eileen, I don't know. Go have fun. Fuck it.
3: You think I'm going to have fun? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you're a masochist. I think I'm insane, yes. And they're listening to this right now going, Should we air that episode now? Look how he's talking about it.
2: Oh, well, I'm, I'm just wondering what opinion you're going to get because he he loved Painkiller then he hated Painkiller then he loved Painkiller then he hates Painkiller
3: well, yeah. I'm going to make him go first <laughs> because believe it or not uh, Painkiller Judas Priest is uh, a tad overrated in my book what do you think?
2: I, I'm going to save it for our show because we're going to do fucking painkiller one of these days.
3: Copycat. Yeah, I know, right? All we do is copy them. That's
2: right. <laughs> we're freaking losers. We're, we're so freaking unoriginal.
3: Are we done with current events?
2: <laughs> I'd say, let's get to a Terrence
3: who doesn't suck. <laughs> no, Just wait, 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 wait. I'm not done yet. I want to keep talking, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I got a bit. Oh, man, and I this don't even know what to talk. say. Oh, let, let him go piss. Go ahead. Hey, um, Ian now is taking a piss, and right now, as I'm speaking, he's listening to this on Sunday, and he's probably going to get upset, but man, aren't you all sick and tired of him burping all the time? Seriously. That's a that? burp. It's like I'm doing a show with Barney from The Simpsons, and, uh, and he cuts me off way too much, right? It's just pathetic how much he continues to cut me off. And one day I'm going to get upset and, like, hang up. And he's going to have... Well, he can't do the show by himself because you all don't know. I edit and uh, I send it back to him. Anyway, um, so, yeah, there's a hurricane coming my way. And uh, am I scared? Fuck yeah, man. I'm like a little girl. I'm petrified. Oh, Ian's back. So yeah ian i was just bad-mouthing you but i'm not gonna say you're gonna have to wait till sunday to hear what i have to say oh groovy i'm just trying to i'm just trying to buy time here because we are about to do this episode and i want to say this before we go into the episode long live ten-armed Def Leppard. yeah yeah and mutt lang and oh yeah wait no don't even don't even get that away we've we've done this episode a while ago uh with mr t from germany And he was very... He wasn't happy with his performance. But let me tell you something. I am such the master editor that when Mr. T listens back, he's going to be very happy because I made him sound really good with my editing. And boy, there was a lot of editing. Nah, just kidding, Mr. T. He was good. He's just a little rough on himself. And I think he was kind of drunk, wasn't he, when we did this episode? He was drunker than me. Yeah, yeah, and he goofed up a lot and all those goofs Mr. T I, I edited out so but know, now have to,
2: now it's uh, gonna kick recon ass Hoo-ah.
3: yeah raw 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 anyway that's enough uh, you have any last words to say before we before I tack on the on through the night review
2: uh, I hope you don't drown
3: yeah man Cause what's the name of my hurricane that's coming do you know
2: I have no idea I was gonna ask you you oughta fucking know
3: you know, Florida has the history of missing a hurricane by inches. Yes. And let's just hope it happens again because hurricanes suck. They yes. really do. They really throw a monkey wrench into my day.
2: Yeah. And after this episode airs, it would really suck for me to have to kiss Terrence's ass. Because I need a new co-host. So. Yeah, he
3: can edit and send oh, it away. Oh God. The 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 Terrence uh, the Rock and Metal Combat Broadcast. <laughs> Oh, anyway, I'm excited. Hey, Terrence and Mark, man, don't don't take offense to everything I said. I was just buying my time. And, yeah, I am a little crazy to do your damn episode. Uh, It would help if I would listen to one, right? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) all right. No, okay. All right, here we go. This is uh, the Def Leppard review with Mr. T. Let's do it. Alright, now we're gonna do our review of Def Leppard's On Through the Night, released in 1980, and boy, you know, as y'all know, I'm an old bastard, and uh, I was around when this first came out. First time I heard anything off this was on the radio. They played Rock Brigade, and I was like, ooh, I like this song, so I ran out, I bought the album, and this album, that year, I wore out. I mean, I love this album from... Start to finish, I was an instant fan of Def Leppard, and uh, this was like one of those bands back then that <clears throat> not a lot of people knew of. Like just me and a couple buddies, they they weren't very well promoted. They they were touring the states, I believe, third on the bill with Ted Nugent and you know, whoever else, and, and Blackfoot. No, no, Blackfoot was later on, but anyway, um, I love this album from beginning to end. Uh, I'm I could be wrong, but I believe. Everybody in the band was a teenager at the time this album was done. I know for sure Rick Allen was, but I believe the rest were. Maybe Joe was 20 or something, but they were all teenagers when this album was done. I mean, they were definitely teenagers before this album was done. And there's a lot of pre-On Through the Night stuff that I'd like to discuss now since it is uh, before we get into the album. I just recently, like uh, a couple months ago... Because uh, of Discogs.com, by the way, Discogs.com is a great uh, way of finding rare vinyl and I finally found this vinyl called First Strike That I did see back in the store back in the day and I never bothered to buy it It's an EP of pre on through the night material which has a couple of songs like that's on the album like uh, Wasted and Sorrow's a Woman, but you know, I love this song they have called uh, glad to be back that never made any albums and also the b-side on this album called uh good morning freedom which is an amazing song that should have been on the album but you know if you ask me oh if you if you're gonna put that song on the album what song would you take off i love every song off onto the night but if i had to it'd be good morning not good morning uh hello america which happened to be the single where the song was from anyway so that's my uh history on Death Leopard, and uh I was dying to see them, I never got to see them on this tour, but I did get to see them on the High and Dry Tour, opening for Ozzy's Blizzard of Oz with Randy Rose and that's a whole different thing. I was front row in front of Pete Willis, how cool is that? Anyway, alright, so um, I, in all my excitement of doing this, I feel like shit because I just woke up, I'm so groggy that I forgot to mention. That this episode we have a special guest. Yeah, so, yeah. Somebody yeah. that somebody that we look up to. Oh, oh come on now. No, we do, we do. We we actually even though you hate our music, we still like it. And uh, I look up to you for for different reasons. My main reason is uh, with that little hoax we had not too long ago. Uh, you know, some people were attacking me, and and you came to my defense. And I, I thank you, Mister. It's Mr. T from Germany. Get to the chopper. I, Germany. I, yep, Mr. Mr. T, T from the metal, the combat on the podcast. Wow, he sounds like a retarded Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is gonna be a good show.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like,
3: <laughs> so, Mr. T, tell tell me uh, uh, how you discovered Def Leppard. Was it On Through the Night or or
4: uh, no? You know, uh, it was it was later. It was to my cousins Paul and Ken. Um, they were, like, metalheads the whole time. Like, back in my 83, like, I was, like, I was in New Wave and shit. And, like, I, I was, like, I loved, like, you know, like, Flock of Seagulls and, um, I loved, like, Adamant and all like, a type of shit like that. But they loved metal the whole time, like, the 80s. And, our, like, you know, when when um, Pyromeda came out, they introduced Pyromeda, like, ooh, 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 ooh. This is fucking awesome. So that I, I heard "High and Dry." Ooh, this is even better. That I heard than I Heard" on uh, the night, and then we will discuss that in a minute. All right, <laughs> cool. cool. <laughs> but but yeah, I was with my cousin. But I was a little bit late to these guys. But by the same token, you know, their best work was the early stuff to me.
3: Oh, of course. So, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that one.
4: Uh, but they, they, sold a, they, sold a, they sold a shitload of copies of, like, Hysteria. So, like, no, 20 no, hyster-
3: million. Hysteria was huge. I mean, actually, I was around at that time, and Hysteria was a flop in America. Yeah. I mean, it, it sold, uh, you know, somewhat when it first was released. But then, you know, when they released Animal and Hysteria, it was like, it stopped selling, and they were freaking out. And then all of a sudden, Pour Some Sugar on Me came out, and it became... That mm-hmm. is, at one point, it sold a million copies in one week. That's how crazy it was. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, well, again, uh, Mr. T, it's great to have you here. And uh, hey, thank you. And uh, we look forward to what you got to say about Def Leppard But uh, now it's Ian's turn. Ian. Well, well quickly before
2: I, I give my uh, synopsis of how I came to this album, uh, for people who are not on the Facebook page, people on the Facebook page know Mr. T. But uh, for the listeners who aren't there and why aren't you, uh, Mr exactly. t, t tell us how you discovered the podcast and uh, and what brought you here.
4: Um, well as I told before, like I, I heard about this from like from, from Ralph's like old reviews from like of Kiss Stuff.
1: Yeah.
4: Like two some odd years ago I, I, was, I was like, I gotta hear some Kiss Stuff and I heard his reviews for like say I think ace reviews are the first review that i ever heard. And I loved that. I was like, I'm gonna hear the rest of your reviews. And then, after that, I heard some of your other reviews, and you mentioned, I'm going to do this podcast with Ian and another guy who will not be named at the moment. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so, from day one, I have been a fan of this show. I've heard every show at least twice, with two exceptions. Um, I won't say which ones. I, mean, I Ian knows at least one of them. I won't say the other one. But I've been a fan from the beginning, and I'm still coming back. And even though, like you know, like most of the stuff, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, but I love the stuff. I love like the, the the feeling of nostalgia brings to me. And this has been a really great. And I love seriously, Ralph. I love your reviews.
3: Thank you so Good. much, man. I really appreciate that.
2: Oh, uh, awesome! Uh, no? I, I will say the first time I knew of you, uh, <laughs> you wrote uh, a review on the Podbean page. Uh oh. and I think it was it was right after we had fired Terrence and he's like Wow yeah, You're, like, you're yeah. like I don't know if this podcast is gonna last. This is already a bad sign, even though I didn't no, like no, that guy.
4: It,
1: yeah,
4: it was. I mean I was I was I was worried. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, the other the other okay, okay. We share the same name, everybody named Terrence. Fine, whatever, let's get this over there now. But he was horrible, yes. But I was still worried. And you know, and I'm thankfully wrong. I'm glad to be wrong in my initial assumption that this podcast this podcast could, could go worse after you get rid of a horrible fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right, all right. I, I, I gotta speak up here. Um, the How Mr. T came in my Radar was on YouTube. Wasn't it YouTube that you and him had it
4: out? Yeah, I like, think it, like, it, like, it was like his last episode. He, he, I mentioned, I made a comment like, something about, about uh, Super Trim sucks. Which I fucking hate, Supertramp, and and he, and he wished death on me.
3: <laughs> he did. He very, oh oh, you good too. Company. That's what started um, the uh, Terence wishing death on on me and Ian and you. I, I believe you were the yeah, one, yeah. that, that yeah. drove him over the edge. I just want to, <laughs> I, I just want to say, as of now, uh, uh, we're recording this on uh, July 18th. That. Uh, Terrence and I get along. I, you know, I, I got really tired of fighting with the guy, and I figured, look, you know, I'm just gonna get along with him, and he has been uh, good so far. I mean, you know, Ooh. he he does have the tendency of, uh, you know, going back on everything, but you know, he's been doing good for the past few months.
2: And now yeah. I'm gonna tell you a little something about this album. I actually had never heard this album all the way through until uh, until. Me and Ralph started this show. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, of course, my first album was Pyromania, you know, my age. Uh, That was my first fucking album. Uh, I bought because Thriller was sold out. Both of my first metal albums I bought because Thriller was sold out at Sears. First time I went, it was sold out, and I ended up getting uh, Pyromania. Second time I went back, it was sold out, and I got Metal Health. You know, it, it was, it was eight, yeah, 83, and that was my yeah. first introduction to metal. And, uh, man, I played the shit out of Pyromania, but, uh, you know, got hysteria when it came out, didn't really care for it. And I remember, you know, a guy at a local record store I used to hang out at, he's like, oh, man, you got to check out High and Dry. But for some reason, I never did until years later. And still, for even more years later, I never checked out on through the night. And then you did the route the Vieira Vault video. And I was like, well, maybe I need to listen to it in its entirety. And I went back and checked it out, and man, I, I really fell in love with this album. Uh, you know, it's it's total, to me, it's what I love about early 80s hard rock and heavy metal. And, and, and in my opinion, cock rock. Uh, you know, some people might not consider it cock rock, but to me, cock rock is like... Just, it's not not metal, but it's it's hard rock, and it's just something that like, you know, it, it, it's party oriented, you know, it, it's something that makes you want to like, you know, finger bang a chick and drink some fucking beers, you know, and and that's what this album is to me. It's that kind of rock, and that's what the first three albums are to me, you know. Where hysteria, uh, I don't know what that that's like. Oh shit, you're thirteen, you just got your period. You know, that's let's cry. It's 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 menstrual rock. I don't know. It's it's terrible. But uh I went back after a review and listened to it all the way through and like, man, I wish I would have listened to this earlier because I'm really enjoying this shit. But uh so there you go, and uh let's go into the first track and Ralph, why don't you start off with the title well I am not the title track, but the first track,
3: Rock Brigade. I just love Rock Brigades. A cool. I love that opening riff. It's it's new wave of British heavy metal meets the sweet and it's a great opening track to set the mood for the song because <coughs> Excuse me um, It just smokes man. It's it's a great great song I love the hell out of rock brigade when I saw them the first uh, the first two times it was on the set list uh, You know and uh, yeah, they played on the high and dry tour and Pyromania. I believe it was like the second track on the, uh, the Pyromania show. They played Rock Brigade. and uh, Which is a shame because they they, I don't think they've played this song since the Pyromania tour. I could be wrong, but this is an album that's not really played. Nothing's played live on it. On occasion, they'll throw out Wasted, and that's about it. Which is a shame because this album deserves, uh, you know, it just deserves to be heard, you know, more live and... But, I mean, Joe Elliott doesn't sound like Joe Elliott anymore. I mean, he didn't. Even from the second album, High and Dry, I'll say this real quick. The first time I heard anything from High and Dry was on the radio as well. And I remember I uh, was listening to the radio and the guy said, oh, coming back with new Def Leppard. I was like, oh, shit, Def Leppard got a new album. And then when and the song they played was Let It Go. And the first time I heard Let It Go, I go, oh, shit, Def Le- uh, Joe Elliott's no longer in the band. I honestly thought that that wasn't joe <laughs> elliott and then when i went out and bought the album i was like god damn dude joe elliott's voice i mean listen to joe elliott's voice is completely different from yeah, onto right. the night in High and in It's not the same voice at all anyway mm-hmm. i love rock brigade what do you think mr
4: t rock brigade has always been kind of a eh, song for me I feel this whole album is like it could really use mutt lang um across the board um Going back to the whole drums thing, the drums are kind of muddy. Um, I really think that Rick Allen, like, maybe told Tom Allen, like, I like my drums, I got my women (laughs) muted and (laughs) beaten.
2: Nice! (laughs) Um, That's a singer!
4: I know, I'm sorry. Okay, messing on sucks. But, how do you get get choked by a one-armed fucking dude? I don't get it. But,. Rock Brain was a song, okay, I thought like if Mutt Lying had produced this had produced this song, it'd be much better than it was.
3: Alright, what, so,
4: what, what do you think? What do you think,
2: Ian? Well, um, I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I, I fucking love it. But to answer your question, I love how you hinted at the, the Rick Allen, you know,
3: got in trouble for beating his wife. And <laughs> I,
2: I know, and that happened in Miami, by the way, man.
3: I don't know if you know this. No, I, I, know, I know the story, but I didn't know it was a Yeah,
2: it, it happened in Miami Airport. I think what he did was a classic rope-a-dope. <laughs> I, I, I think he took the dub and kind of spun it around, and while she's looking at that, he went, bam! He came across <laughs> the haymaker. You know, and I, I truly think that's what he did. And uh, you know, I don't know her, but uh, you know, maybe she deserved it. I don't know. Like, oh, but come anyway,
3: on. come hey, on, hey, 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 oh. hey, hey, hey. We, oh. hey! We
2: don't know this chick. You know, she could have been a real
3: bitch. You, but anyway, that's I, wrong. Oh, come on. Oh, she's a decent human being that married a millionaire. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Exactly. I'm not saying she's in it for the money. You know, but she ain't in it, you know, because of his clapping ability, I'll tell you that much. Uh, anyway, it's a great fucking opener. I, I love it. It's it's a great fucking opener, a great rocker. And uh, I love Joe Elliott's voice. I mean, I, I really do. I know he can't pull it off live anymore. And I think he's probably aided a lot in the studio. But a lot of vocalists that I love and worship are aided in the studio. You know, uh,. Uh, Vince Neal, Stephen Piercy, David Lee Roth, always sound better in the studio with a little bit of magic, but they have the feeling behind it, and they have they just have that something that always comes across, and I think it totally comes across here I absolutely love this, this track, dude what but would, you
4: think, would you think Mutt Lang would bring this across better than Tom uh, Allen did? There,
2: there's something, of, of course the, the Mutt Lang uh, production is, is a lot punchier But uh, there's something primal about this, the same way, like, I don't bitch about the production on the first Iron Maiden album. You know, uh, like Steve Harris, oh, the production, Uh, I like the grittiness and the rawness, the same way I like the grittiness and the rawness on uh, Kiss Hotter Than Hell, you know, or or like, you know, uh, Iggy and the Stooges' raw power. There's just something, it doesn't have to be perfect, but there's something that comes across in the feeling and the delivery of the music. That uh, I, I can overlook that, you know. The only time production really pisses me off is when it's too shiny. You know, like I say, you know, somebody just took some, you know, Windex, you know, and wiped it down. and It's sterile. There's no germs. I want some fucking germs, you know. Uh, you know, I want some real human emotion. And uh, and I dig that about this, you know, because, you know, Mutt Lang also did fucking hysteria. And then that shit's so scary. Yeah, we'll later Yeah, it's so horrible You know, Muttling's done some fucking crap too He's done some great shit But he's done some fucking crap You know, like I prefer uh, You know, he did uh, the last Cars album Well, not the last one But he did Heartbeat City Which was huge But I, I prefer did, 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 did. The, the Roy Thomas Baker production With the Cars, you know yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know so I see nothing wrong with this And I think it's a great way to start off the album then we go into the next song, "Hello America." I love this shit. This was uh the band writing a song like you know it's basically like their fantasy of like, hey, we're gonna get so, so big, we're gonna tour the fucking states, and uh, it's it's awesome. I I think it's a great fucking track, and I could be wrong, but uh, I don't think they played this since the High and Dry tour. I love this. It's, it's just it's basic rock and roll but uh it it hits me in the funny bone i mean it you know it goes right to the cock and right to the liver makes me want to drink and fuck and i fucking dig it what do you think mr
4: t i fucking hate this song (laughs) (laughs) from the beginning like that whole chorus like i don't get it what i don't get is like bands that european bands that would feel the need, like you know, to appease the U.S. audience. Yeah, I, I get to extent, I get it. Like, but it drove people like Phil Lynott and Steve Clark to early graves, because like Thin Lizzy never really cracked the U.S. after like Boys Are Back in Town, and Steve Clark cracked it an early grave after, you know, the fact they kept, you know, we kept getting bigger and bigger, and he got nervous about it, he'd get worried about it, he started drinking more and I ew, I just yeah I'm sorry
3: alright <laughs> no. right, Ralph what do you think yeah, Ralph, yeah yeah. Uh, I, I love this song and that's why I stayed in America Mr. T <laughs> you you know Mr. T Mr. T's from Chicago but he moved to Germany the reason he hates yeah, this song true. is because he hates America um yeah. no uh, I'm I, also an ISIS like another terrorist member I I love Hello America but if I was to pick my least favorite on the album would be this song, but I love this song um, because uh, I love this album. Um, this song, a lot of people, you guys may not know this, but this song hurt them a lot in in England because they, they uh, even early on on this album, they were they were um, pegged as sellouts to the new wave of British heavy metal community. That's true, That's true. and and they never were really big in England for a while. I even think, like even during Pyromania, they weren't big enough to play a, a big yeah. venue over there. I think they played like the marquee or something during Pyromania, you know, which is kind of like the, uh, you know, like uh, a smaller venue. You know, there's the marquee, then you know, you move up to the Hammersmith. But yeah, it, and and a lot is attributed to this song because it was a lot of people in England cried out that these guys pretty much are are, are just aiming for the American market and they care less about England. And, and they were. And they were, and they did, and they succeeded. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, I, I've, uh, the first time I ever saw any footage of this line, of this era, was the, his what was the name, Historia, or Uh Uh, Historia, yeah. Historia Home Video brought a video they did for Lo America, which was, that was horrible. That video is just, it's too dark, and you can't really make out anything. But, um... Oh, something I forgot to mention. Since like, maybe like two, three, four, f- four years ago, uh, on YouTube, there, there's footage of them doing Rock Brigade and, and Wasted from this era that was put up on YouTube by the cameraman of uh, th- those videos. And that's like some really rare stuff. Um, Joel is wearing this really weird type shirt with little metal shingles on it and uh, Rick Allen's wearing the puffy shirt that I don't know if you ever saw that episode of Seinfeld and um, it's just uh, but anyway going back to Hello America I think it's a it's a great song it's a good poppy song I love the melody the thing that I love about this, this album like what I was saying before was that melodic edge to the new wave of British heavy metal which not a lot of I don't think any um, band from that era with the exception of a few tunes off the first Angel Witch which does have kind of that vibe, but uh, that's what set Def Leppard apart, you know, from all those bands back then. Was they were heavy, they were metal, they had great guitar uh, playing, but they also had that melodic edge, and that's why to this day, On Through the Night, it does not get old for me, man. I can play it any time and still love the hell out of it. Uh, next song is uh, "Song of a Woman," am I correct? Correct. All right, I'll go into this one. There's a there's a, like three four versions of this song that were recorded before On Through the Night because I own a lot of that pre On Through the Night Def Leppard stuff thanks to the internet and uh, again it's their first ballad it's a ballad but it's I, I think it's a fucking beautiful song uh, the the you know it's pretty much the the verses are mellow but the rest is kind of heavier and uh, it's just. Listen to it uh, as as a musical standpoint. It's hard to believe they're all teenagers because it's just so Solid Uh, all the playing on it, all the guitars all the drums all the bass and the singing. I I love I love Joe Elliott's voice uh, At this era it was so clean, but it was unique You know didn't sound like anybody where I mean high and dry stuff It's it had more of a grittier I'd hate to say Brian Johnson, but you know you could you could uh, say some similar voices out there. But I thought On Through the Night's voice was quite unique, and this song uh, I think he nails it, man. I think all band members nail it on "Saw
4: a Woman." What do you think, Mister T? Uh oh. Oh no! This is good because. This is one of the three songs I really, really like off this album. Oh, cool! If I made like a, a mixtape of Def Leppard, this would definitely be on it. I love the opening; it's a nice mellow opening. Um, the drums are still a little kind of muted, but whatever. Um, I love the solo, which is done by I don't know, someone who's no longer in Def Leppard. Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Believe me, every guitar player on this album is not in Def Leppard anymore. <laughs> The funny thing is, and I forgot to mention this, yeah, that solo has that kind of, like, echo effect where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's Pete does the first one where Steve is right behind him doing the same notes and it mm-hmm. has an echo effect, which is just amazing, man. It's just mind-blowing and how were, it is. they good for that.
4: The first three albums, I love Death Leopard for, like, for the, you know, the dual solo stuff.
3: And, you know, yeah. uh, uh, and, and a lot of people, even though Pete Willis is not on Pyromania... He had a lot to do with that album. Well, oh, well I mean,
2: he is on the album. Lot, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: he is. He is. He does some rhythm. That is yes. true. All, but uh,
2: I believe he has rhythm on every track.
3: And he has a lot of songwriting credits on that yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I do consider Pyromania, uh an original Def Leppard album from the original lineup. He just didn't yeah. do solos and stuff. But anyway, okay, Ian, now it's your turn. Start the one. Uh,
2: I love it. <laughs> I'm gonna say something that 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 uh. Mr. T will probably fucking hate. But to me, I mean, you gotta think when the, this album was recorded in 1979, it came out in 80, but it was recorded mm-hmm. in 1979. Uh, and there was almost like a sticks vibe to me I, I, on this song. And uh, I, I love it. I love it. It's like you were saying, Ralph, it's kind of a ballad, but then again it isn't. But it, it takes some twists and turns. There's a lot of shit on this album that would never be repeated. On another Death Leopard album,
3: They're, everything you know, everything on
2: this album would be repeated. I, I, I wouldn't say everything, but there, there are certain things that definitely aren't repeated, and this is one of them. But uh, I, I, I think it's a it's a great track. It's a it's a quasi ballad, and uh, and I really fucking enjoy it. And then we go into "It Could Be You," and I love this because to me this is a straightforward rocker. Uh, this is one of the tracks that I think you know, could stand alongside the new wave of British heavy metal. Because uh, I, I think a lot of... I think they stuck out like a sore thumb, even though they were lumped in with that that era. Uh, there's something always about Death Leopard that stuck out and stuck apart, for better or for worse, uh, from the new age, uh, new wave of British heavy metal. But this this is just a good fucking rocker, and to me this shows the influence of that sound in that era and I really dig this track. What do you think, Mr. T?
4: Um, this was like, like, it has its moments, but it kind of falls flat. Um, This one could really need Mutt Lang again. Um, I really like the solos, at least the first solo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, it, it almost has it, but uh, not quite. Yeah. <laughs> and Ralph, how about you? Uh, I love
3: it, man. I feel like, you know, if uh, if there was a dartboard, this song would be like, you know, the dart right right in the bullseye. There's nothing I would change about this song. I think this is one of the standout tracks, one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, it's so, it is so British heavy metal, new wave of British heavy metal. This is the most of, of uh, that's the closest to the new wave of British heavy metal. And I just love it. I love it. It's rip-roaring. It was played live. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually an opening, an opening song on the, I don't know if all of uh, On Through the Night Tour, but I do have a bootleg recording where they open the show with this song. And this song just fucking smokes, man. And I love the guitar I, playing during the verses, you know, uh, the little scratchy thing they do. And it's just, it, it's just them just like, it sounds like, you know, they open the gates and they're just going running amok. It's, to me, it's just pure um, new wave of British heavy metal. I'm a huge fan of the new wave of British heavy metal, so maybe that's why it does so much for me. There's two songs that I, I, I tend to like, gravitate to uh, the most on this album, and this is one of them. The other one is something that I would consider like you know really obscure. I don't even think ever played live, uh, probably recorded for this album, uh, but we'll get into that song later, which I fucking adore that song. But It Could Be You is awesome. And then we go into Satellite. Am I right? Yes. Yep. I know this album, man. I don't need no notes here. By the way, there's no notes uh, I'm doing uh, for this album. I've lived with it for, what is it, 35 years or anything? And there isn't a year that goes by that I don't listen to this album at least a dozen times. Uh, Satellite. Okay, Satellite, which there's an elusive video out there for this. Where they they were on a TV show playing this song, which you can see like ten or twenty seconds of it on uh, the MTV rockumentary on on uh, Def Leppard. Which, goddamn, I wish I had like, I wish they would release all that stuff, man. I love Satellite. Satellite. <clears throat> there's a part in the song that's just so fucking addictive to me. Is uh, the second verse where he goes, "Me and you, rendezvous." That part. If you listen to the that guitar sound that's going on yeah. behind it. It's going think kink It's just so fucking good. And it's so amazing that these are teenagers coming up with all these like obscure like you know these little textures and stuff all through these damn songs and satellite is one of those fucking songs that I can fucking oh I, I adore like God I, I'm gonna sound like a broken record because every song on here I feel the same way toward. Satellite is a really cool song. Played live
4: too. Um,
3: cool. I love it. I love Satellite. What do you think, Mr. T?
4: Okay, first, I never saw Death Rapid live. But um Satellite is my absolute favorite song off of this album. Nice. nice. Hands down. I even like about an hour or two ago, I posted on the Rock and Roll Combat Facebook page, like Satellite Saturday, because this song I heard a whole the whole week. I'm like this song is really fucking good. Um, has a really catchy chorus, and that's, it's stuck in my head the whole week. Um, you know, nice drum line, but god damn, the drums sound shitty in this. I really wish Mutt Lang had done this instead of Tom Allen. But um, this is like what you expect from Def Leppard. To me, like when, it, when you come in for like, say, Pyromania, on that, that, that pop metal this is it it totally delivers and Ian what do you think about this one well
3: before before Ian uh says uh, I'm very curious um Mr. T has there ever been a time that you went somewhere and you bought a sandwich or or any type of food and you took you took <laughs> a bite you took a bite and you said oh this ain't good you ever, that ever happen
1: to you well, yeah, I mean, you know,
4: things like you know, like, you know, uh, but then later, like, you know, okay, maybe. But, but then things like. But, but 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 let me ask you
3: this: when you took that bite, and you're like, ooh, did you think for a second, you know, this would taste better if Mutt Lang
4: made it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, well, you know, maybe. It did. You, yeah. I know you did. You said that.
3: You said it would have tasted better if Mutt Lang made it. I know you did. <laughs> like, 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 oh, Ian, what do you think of this song?
2: Uh, absolutely love it I mean you guys hit on a lot of points Uh, to me this just it is the classic Death Leopard song you know Uh, I mean it's got that sound whether you have Mutt Lang or Tom Allen or you know or fucking Tim Allen I don't care who produces shit uh, this is Death Leopard sound and they're classic sound and uh, all other classic you know from the first three albums are in the same mold um, I totally agree. This is a great track. And then we come into another weird fucking track, uh, which is uh, When the Walls Come Tumbling Down. And it starts out with uh, British singer-songwriter David Cousins doing an intro to this. And uh, wow, does this stick out like a sore thumb. At, at first, I thought it was Atlantis by Donovan. You
1: know, know, when it it
2: starts out, I was like, whoa. whoa!" so I put some Donovan on this Death Leopard album. Uh, I I like this song, but it's so, like, weird. But you can kind of see it as they're paying tribute to uh, what came before. And they're showing their influences on this song, uh, for better or for worse. It's not the best song. It's not... Well, I don't know, maybe the worst song. I don't know, but I don't, I'm not saying worst is in It's Horrible. Just uh, probably my least favorite. Uh, what do you think of this song, Mr. Um,
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, you know, at the spoken worst song to the in. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, you know, It has its moments, but it also kind of falls flat. And is that the worst song? But it's one I would probably skip through if I was... Listen to this on a regular basis, so it's just it's it's not great. It's not bad. It's it's kind of there. And here's the thing too: like I can't really hate on this album too much because as Ralph pointed out, like Rick Rick Allen was like sixteen when he read this, and Joe Joe, Joe was like twenty. Like uh, I think Rick Allen was
2: fifteen when this was recorded. I it was
4: sixteen, but it's, still like, it's still like they're they're fucking teenagers, and. I was in a band at that age, and our originals sucked compared to these, but Ralph, what do you think about this one?
3: You know, uh funny thing you guys meant, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear what Ian had to say, because I had to go to the kitchen for a second, but um, I heard, you know, I came back when you were talking about how the beginning has a spoken word. Um, there, there are earlier versions of the song, there's a, even a live version from the BBC, where actually that was actually sung. It wasn't a spoken word. Actually, Joe Elliott sung it. Uh, and and as you notice, it's a spoken word without rhymes. And Joe Elliott sung that song, sung those spoken word in the original version. I don't know why they turned it into a spoken word, but you know what? I dig it. I don't know, man. I, I love the spoken word. I love the song. The song is very... Did you like the song, Ian? What'd you say? Uh,
2: I, I like it, I, I like it better, than, have you ever heard the U.S. single version of it? God, send me that, no. Oh, yeah, they were trying to break on the American market, so instead of having David Cousins, who did it you know, on the album, uh, you know, a British singer-songwriter, they did an American version with famed country singer Mel Tillis, who Woo-hoo. has a, he has a stutter. So the version was like 18 minutes long, because it took a fucking forever <laughs> to get it out. But it was far more entertaining, because there was a southern draw, and... Uh, took a long time. Uh. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, my, my least favorite song on the album, but uh, I don't hate it by any means.
3: So yeah, go I, ahead, Ralph. I, I, I love it, and I love when the you know the band comes in, and... It's kind of pretty dark for Def Leppard, too. Like, you know, it's uh, talking about, like, you know, children dying. And I can't remember. There's some some kind of lyric in there where it's, like, pretty brutal. Like, you know. And I just love the part where Joyly is like, Whoa, whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah. And then he hits that higher. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: And then it goes into that guitar solo. Fuck yeah, man. The song rolls, man. Ugh. It's a good way to... to, to, to End uh, side one, kind of like how it ends side two. They both end with an epic piece. And to True, think yeah. again, these are freaking teenagers writing this shit. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It makes you think maybe there's a puppet master that wrote these songs for them. You know, no. maybe it was Bob Daisley. No, or or Donovan. Or, yeah, Donovan <laughs> wrote this one. This was a Donovan Daisley collaboration.
1: <laughs>
3: All right, let's flip, let's flip the. So- uh, this over and uh, the opening track aside to would be considered the best track by most people it's the one that if you br- every time I bring up on through the night people aim at this song first and, and, and deservedly so because wasted is an amazing track it still holds up it's got that heavy metal riff Steve Clark starts off this song you can see them perform this live in a TV studio on YouTube. Back then you got to see the funny clothes. They were wearing. fucking awesome. I love this song This is a song that if they ever do play anything from on through the night It's this one live to this day. I mean um, uh, There's not much more I can say there's many versions of this song that were recorded before On through the night version like on that album first strike that I have I adore Wasted it's a uh, it's a great fucking tune. I believe it was one of the last songs played on the on the pyromania tour I do remember vividly when they played uh, Wasted uh, Joe Elliott climbed up on the scaffold and he grabbed a spotlight and he was like aiming it at the crowd during the song. It's one of the, my memories of Def Leppard back in the day wasted Rules, man. I uh, got a bottle of pills that give me my thrills. Now, I'll, I'll say this that the lyrics to this song really does a f- reflect the age. This is the one song that I can say, okay, these lyrics are kind of like, I can understand they're teenagers, you know. But it's still cool. I, I, it, it's juvenile lyrics, but they were juveniles. And it, it's a great fucking song. I love it. What do you think, Mr. T?
4: Um, Wasted is like my second favorite song of the album. I thought they had worse lyrics on Star and a Woman. I love that song, too. I love this one. So how about you, Ian?
2: Uh, I love this song. I mean, it's, it's a good old drinking song. Some great riffing on here. It's their first single. This is something you would never hear out of fucking Death Leopard now. They they, they could not, you know, if you put a gun to their head, they could not do a fucking song like Wasted. I mean, if they went to the studio now, they would come up with something called... Uh, (laughs) slightly buzzed off of Three
1: Zimas.
2: (laughs) 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 Because, you know, it's... it's, it's, Basically, the shit they put out now, you know, sounds like a hard rock Pablo Cruz. (laughs) You know, it's... They are not the same band. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with Pete Willis and the late, great Steve Clark. Uh, But, man, I'll, I'll... Put this in front of me, I'll eat it all fucking day. And I'll chase it with a shot. You know, this is just good cock rock, great drinking song. Uh, I love it, and I love that, you know, even though you choose to ignore this album, this is the one, you know, redhead stepchild they'll bring out. I've never seen them live, probably never will. Uh, but, oh, man, if they played this, uh, it, you know, shit, I might leave the fucking bar or the pisser, you know, to come out and watch this one. <laughs> But I, I I love this song. It is a classic, To uh, old school death leopard bands, and for a reason. Uh, I, I I do love the song, and then it goes into. It doesn't matter. Oh my god.
3: What about rock
4: song? Uh
2: oh, I'm shit. I skipped one. My bad. Our uh, rock too. Yeah, I love rock song, dude. Oh. This this is another classic. To me, they needed more songs like this. If, this is another one. If they could do more songs like Rocks Off," I'd be happy. I mean, you know, it it it's basic rock and roll by the numbers, but I love it. I'd rather hear that than the slick overproduced, you know, like like not like now they tried to do mutt Lang without mutt Lang, and it it doesn't fucking work to my ears. Um, I love "Rock Off." I think it's great. What do you think, Ralph?
3: Oh uh, yeah, this is the fucking again. Uh, kind of like um, what? Uh, it could be you. This one's very new wave of British heavy metal. Uh, there is a, a CD. I don't know if you have this one, uh, Ian or Mister T. It's, uh, it's nope. a it's it's a double CD of a compilation of new wave of British heavy metal, combined by Lars Ulrich. Have you? Yeah, I, I got, that.
2: I got where,
3: that. Where the cover is? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, oh. Thunderstick. Thundersticks. Thundersticks. Um, From yeah. Samson. Exactly, and from Iron Maiden, did you know? Did you know that?
1: Yes,
2: yes,
3: uh, I he, did. he was the drummer Maiden. Anyway, uh, there's a different version of that song on that CD. This is the song, I think, that really lumped them in with the new wave of British heavy metal. If there was not a rock Off, I don't think they would have been considered a new wave of British heavy metal band, because this song is very new wave of British heavy metal. There's fake audience noises that's so <laughs> obvious on a lot of this. On this studio effort. Thank you, good night, woohoo! Woo! But to me, what sells this song for me is the middle section
1: that
3: part with the drums. Oh my god, I love this song. I really love Rock Soft. It was a song that they did play live uh, when I saw them on uh, the high and dry thing. This did survive. Uh, I think it was only three songs survived. Well, after all, they were opening for Ozzy, but it was uh, Rock Brigade, um, Wasted, and uh, this song, Rocks Off, was played live that night. The rest was high and dry stuff.
4: Uh, what do you think, Mr. T? Yeah, my, <laughs> my notes here go from like, it's a, it's Um the fake live opening like what the fuck is this the fake live closing like good night um you know the music is fine i guess i didn't really get this one and i guess i'll start the next one which is um answer the master no 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 no, no,
2: it doesn't matter
4: oh i'm sorry i'm sorry so anyway that doesn't matter sorry it doesn't matter
2: i fucking love this track to me this is classic hard rock everything i love about cock rock in this it, i mean th- i mean really this is like one of those songs where you put on it reminds me of being like young you know like where everybody be crowd around your car and you just got a, a tape in there you know and everybody just sitting around drinking bad beer and fucking having fun and like not like head banging head banging but just nodding your head and like yeah you know and then you like scope the chick you want to try to fucking finger bang and fucking finger bang <laughs> you know this fucking song I mean this this is like high school rock to me and I love high school rock uh, I love this fucking track
3: what do you think Ralph uh, this was a song I was saying earlier it's the standout track to me probably my favorite and it's a deep very deep track um, I just love everything the structure of the song the the verses is what really sells it for me that little pause with the Da, 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 that drum beat, you know. And uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Got him. What I just love that again showcasing Joe Elliott's little teenage voids back then and everything about this song I freaking adore. Uh, and it's I don't believe it's ever been played live. Um, and uh, I just love this song, man. I, I want to give a little shout out though I don't know if she's listening I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, tell her about it there's this girl she's been on my Facebook for a while but I've never really interacted with her till one day she was putting up stuff and uh, she's beautiful she lives up in North Woo-hoo. Florida and uh, her name is Alex Ray and everything that this chick likes I like and she's much younger and she's her favorite mm-hmm. band is Def Leppard, and uh, I just—I don't know—that she just came to mind now.
2: No, I'm, I'm friends yeah. with her too. She's a cool chick.
3: Oh, really? You are?
2: Yeah, yeah. She's well, I, awesome. She's I've awesome. I've known her. I've known her for a while. Really? Like, oh yeah. I've known her. For, uh, actually, when I first met her, her name was Bruce Jenner.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's a good thing I'm the guy in charge of editing this show.
2: Oh,
3: come on! You suck.
2: That was funny. That was a singer.
3: You suck <laughs> more. You suck more than your mother on a Saturday night at Gloria Oh, I
2: bet you leave that in.
3: Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> no. Well, now, now I have to leave the Bruce Jenner in oh, in order for on. people. I'm gonna have to leave the Bruce Jenner in now in order for people to understand my little. Your mother sucks more. There you uh, go. Uh, this That's... sucks. Well, whatever. Ah, I don't even know what I'm saying. You I, see
2: what I did I'm... there? Leave it in. Leave it in. It's
3: okay, funny. I will. You got you got me there. <laughs> but no, she's all woman, man. She's a beautiful, beautiful girl who has excellent, excellent taste in music and. Uh, she She's lives she, she lives very far though man Florida's goddamn, too where, big where,
2: where, where at in Florida
3: like around Jacksonville up there oh yeah
2: yeah that's that's fucking like eight hours away from you yeah
3: it sucks man I, I alright and I love It Doesn't Matter what a great song unlike Alex Ray who does matter
2: oh uh, uh, yeah oh uh, uh, god damn <laughs> yeah. alright what do you think of the next song
3: Ralph uh, that would be Answer to the Master right Yes, sir. The best goddamn guitar solo on the whole fucking album. I love that one section where they're just Pete Willis and and uh, and, and Steve, uh, Clark. Steve Clark is just like ripping together like in that really lightning speed high, high. Oh my god, this is such a fucking great song. Everything about this song is great. This also is uh, uh, there's a primitive version of this on uh, First Strike, uh, Answer to the Master. Uh, one of the heaviest songs on the album. It doesn't have to be fast to be heavy. This is a, probably the heaviest song on the album. The guitar work on here is just phenomenal. This is like, holy crap! These guys are teenagers. I love answer to the master. Fucking flawless. What do you think, Mr. T? <laughs>
4: this is the worst fucking song on the album. <laughs> 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 um, you know, I agree. Teenagers. They're better than I was when I was in the band as a teenager, and it falls flat. It's like it's this this, this failed epic, and it's like it's like it's almost eight minutes long. It's a it's fucking torture.
2: No, that's the next song.
4: Oh no! no. fuck me! I'm sorry. Oh okay. (laughs) Damn. God damn it. Okay, answer Mass, I'm sorry. Actually, this song's okay. He's added the shit out <laughs> No way, no way, you're fucked dude Alright, okay uh,
2: Ian, Ian. Alright, well um, Okay, I'm looking at my notes for this one I'm, Okay, we're track 10 Okay Uh, Good, I, I, I like the song But to me it sounds like somebody else I can't put my finger on it But it reminds me of another band uh, But it's not Death Leopard Yeah.
1: It,
2: it, it sounds very 70s to me And uh, Okay, what else do I have in my notes? Okay, Mr. T would like it better if Mutt Lang produced it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I have in my notes. Uh, And it's kind of... uh, I I gotta say, I can keep this review going with... I'll take the last song. Uh,
0: uh, Excuse
2: me. Um, Because I just put Ditto for Overture. Both of these songs, while I like them... It just doesn't sound like Death Leopard to me. Not that it's a bad thing, but it just sounds like them. I mean, they're teenagers. They're showing their influences. They're showing bands that have come before them and what inspired them. And uh, it's very 70s and that's not a bad thing. It's just does not sound like Death Leopard to me. But I still love uh, Answer the Master and I still like Overture. It just sounds different to me. What do you think of the last song, Mr. T, overture.
4: Well, if it's not been edited, you know this is my worst fucking song on the album for me. All right, uh, no,
2: this shit ain't edited. This is full blown fucking Mr. T. Dude.
4: Woohoo, good. I mean, I, it's, it's so fucking long. It's like this weird failed epic. It's like about eight minutes long. It's it's fucking torture for me. I just I mm, every time I listen to this a week, I'm like, I hate the song. I can't get through this. I always skip it. I I try, but yeah, Overture, it's just, I think it's all. It's almost feels like as if they're trying to like fill out the album just to like make it more than like say 35 minutes long. But you know what? If they cut Overture, it'd be a much better song for me. But Ralph, how about you?
3: Oh, I, I love this song. Actually, this song is the song that I have uh that they most recorded i have like like i'm i'm not lying exaggerate i have like five versions of studio uh, of a studio recording of this song the demo this was this is the only song on on through the night that appears on the def leppard ep the first thing they released. really yeah yeah. Uh, again i also have live recordings of it this is a song that you know i mean you you mentioned You know they did this to fill up the album but no this is a song that they had written and they kept recording over and over again and releasing it over and over again so they at at that time they were proud of it but uh, I'm sure they're not now Uh, I one thing that uh, I notice about this song the beginning of overture sounds so much like the beginning of more than a feeling Boston guys guys notice that
2: I I, I did. I did think the
3: same thing. I'm glad you brought that up. It sounds just. Have like, you ever
4: noticed? Have it just like, like smell like Teen Spirit? Really copies more than feeling too.
3: Yes. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. same yeah, yeah. I and not I, not, not, not as much as Come are.
2: As You Are uh, samples eighties by Killing Joke, but I just. Uh,
4: yeah yeah i love them in the 80s i fucking hate nirvana but i love killing Joke. Uh,
3: that's because mutt lang didn't produce <laughs> so so you know uh and another thing is uh the opening line of the song and with this message i bring to you to me it sounds like a cover song it sounds like this is some kind of classic song that def leppard covers it doesn't sound like something they wrote but yet it's so classic it's it's, I don't know, man. I, I think this song's a masterpiece, especially the teenager that did it. It's a long ass song, but I wouldn't yeah. you know, I wouldn't shave it at all. I like every section of the song. I love how the long guitar solos where it goes into different moods heavy, fast, slow. I think it, it it it's them. It's Def Leppard, this teenager. I'm sure when they wrote this, they're like, holy crap, we just wrote Stairway to Heaven, you know? Because it is <laughs> to, to me to me that it is kind of their. Stairway to Heaven on the album. That's why they left it last. They did play it live during this tour, um, and I I adore this song. Just like I adore the whole fucking album. Uh, Ian,
2: uh, I think I already talked.
3: Okay, well there's Fair a bonus there's a bonus track. You guys ever heard Good uh, good, morning uh, good Morning Freedom?
2: No, I haven't.
3: I have it, but I haven't listened to it. Good Morning Freedom. First time I ever heard this song. Was back in the day, back in the tape trading days, there was a guy I knew that had a Def Leppard Live at the Reading Festival 1980, which I want to discuss a song that, that's on there too. Uh, a song called Medicine Man uh, that actually turned out, turned into um, uh, Rock, Rock, Till You Drop. And I'm probably, oh, wow. You, yeah, you, probably, cool. yeah, you can, probably can hear it on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, punch it up, Medicine Man. And they also play Lady Strange in that song, which is my favorite Def Leppard song, along with um, Coming Under Fire, you know, that song off Pyromania. That's like my favorite Def Leppard song with Lady Strange and Mirror Mirror, which, by the way, that girl, Alex Ray, told me her favorite Def Leppard songs was Lady Strange and Coming Under Fire. Come on. All right. Anyway, so, so anyway, so, um, uh, the- on that tape, the Reading Festival, at the end of the tape was Good Morning Freedom. And I was like, what the hell is this? I never knew uh, this song. And I always thought the name of the song was Rainbow's End because he says Rainbow's End during it. He just says Good Morning Freedom in the beginning of the verses. Anyway, uh, come to find out, till you because know, this was way back in the 80s I bought this shit. I mean, I traded this shit. It wasn't until I got the internet where I typed in Def Leppard, Rainbow's End on Napster. And I couldn't find it. I was like, this is the rarest song ever. So uh, I don't know how I figured out it was Good Morning Freedom. But uh, it, it's a rip-roaring song. You guys haven't heard it. You guys should Whoop. hear it. It's really good. Uh, now I will tell you this. Recently, like two, three years ago, Def Leppard did a, a Vegas residency. Where yes. they, they played the whole hysteria album. They opened Whoop. that show with Good Morning Freedom. Can you believe that? That, that is awesome. It it, it's awesome that they did but it was really bad it was like so <laughs> it was so slow it didn't sound like it but just the fact that they did it blows my fucking mind that well, they actually played good morning for you. you
2: you said you didn't like it when they played it live
3: I didn't like it on the uh, hysteria uh, new, uh, the, the Vegas version
2: alright well if it would have been produced by Mutt Lang would you have liked it
3: I'm not oh, I'm Mr. Not a... T, bro. Mr. T would. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Uh, Mr. T's gonna hate this episode because I'm the guy that edits it. Not not mutt Lang. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, so, give us a little background on "On Through the Night," there, and I know you got some notes there.
2: All right. This was released on March 14, 1980. Uh, according to Mr. T, poorly produced by Tom Allman of Judas Priest fame. You know, he also did some uh, Crocus and, you know, some other 80s uh, bands. It went platinum in the U.S., which I was very surprised to know because, to me, it's a very underground album. But it did go platinum in 1989, which I think is on the heels of, you know, hysteria and people going back and buying anything that was fucking Death Leopard. It made it to number 51 on the U.S. charts and number 15 on the UK charts, uh, And yes, uh, it is largely ignored by the band uh, nowadays. You know, if you're lucky, you hear Wasted, and that's probably about it. So, uh, that's all I have, and let's go into Pick of the Week, and Mr. T, since you are the, our guest, why don't you talk about your Mutt Lang produced Pick of the
4: Week? Okay, <laughs> mine's not Mutt Lang produced, I've got oh. my... I know because like, you know, you guys are like on, on like, not only that metal station, but you're also on, the, on that, that, was it, the Indie Authority? Yes, yes. Yeah.
2: So, as the date of we are recording this, this will be our debut on the
4: com. Holy shit. I've got, I've got a responsibility here. There you so, go. So <laughs> outside the box, as we should expect from me, because I'm like the resident hipster of the um, Facebook page um i'm going i got i got four things because i will probably never miss again <laughs> i've got two cds and two movies there you go okay. cool go ahead um the cds are both from the same band we've got they're both from um they're both from curve yeah their debut doppelganger and from 1993 we've got come or cuckoo both the movies of my pick of the week are Aliens, the director's cut, and Blade Runner, the director's cut. And um, Ian, what you got for pick of the week?
2: Alright, my pick of the week, in honor of you, brother, uh, I'm going a little uh, a little punk rock, a little fucking uh, rockabilly, and I'm picking an amazing collection by a band I so love and never got to see live, and that's the Cramps. And Ooh. I'm I'm picking Bad Music for Bad People. That, yeah. that is an incredible collection. They are an incredible, fun, fun band that I was turned on to many, many years ago by Paul Turngren. I hope he's listening to this, but he's probably not. But uh, Paul Turngren, you played She Said off of Bad Music by Bad People, and it, it changed my life and made me a, a, a lifelong Cramps fan. Yeah. Uh, this is some great, great punk, psychobilly kind of shit. I really fucking dig it. Check out The Cramps. Bad music for bad people. What you got, Ralph?
3: Alright, I I figure I'm going to go against the grain with both of you guys. Because, (laughs) uh, actually, I do like Super Tramp. (laughs) No, I'm not going to pick Super (laughs) Tramp, though. Though I am a fan of Crime of the Century. Sorry, Mr. T. Even though I love you, Mr. T. You protected me, bro. Because I I am a huge fan of quote-unquote corporate rock you know oh you know like like uh the the, the enemy of Rolling, yes my pick is boston this week uh, the enemy of rolling stone magazine anything that rolling stone magazine hates i love and uh my pick is the second boston album don't look back uh which doesn't get as which doesn't get as much uh you know recognition as the first one obviously but I love Don't Look Back. I love that title track, which is the biggest hit off the album. But for me, my favorite song off it is something you never hear on the radio. It's uh, the third track. It's called It's Easy. Probably my favorite Boston song overall. What, what's it, what's it, a, a
2: great one? Man I'll Never Be?
3: Or Man something. I'll Never Be is yeah, amazing. Oh, great song. Brad Delp. Uh, party. Feeling Satisfied. Got News. Uh, bad News. I mean, it, I... I love the whole fucking album. This album is great. Uh, it, it is a great continuation. Of, I'm sure it sold millions. But still, yeah. it, it's not like, you know, played as much as um, the songs on uh, the first album. And, and I love the first album, too. But the first album, I'm a little burnt out on where Don't Look Back, even that title track, I it comes on in the radio, I crack that shit up. I love corporate rock. I love Sticks. I love Journey. I love, uh, what else is there? Foreigner, eh. there's some foreigner songs I like, but I, I just love the whole corporate rock shit. It's, it's part of my youth, man. And you know, I love Sticks. I, I hate Kilroy was here, though. I got to be honest. But but I, I love <laughs> uh, I love the rest of that uh, the discography before that, even the early stuff. You know, it's really cool. But um, yeah, my pick of the week is Boston. Don't look back from 1979, I
2: believe. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go into fan of the week. And uh, fan of the week is a is a buddy of mine from back home. I knew this motherfucker since he was like fucking twelve, maybe. But Mark Crane, goddamn it, I love you, brother. And uh, he is a huge fan of the show, and he's done a lot to promote the show. He tells Ooh. everybody he knows about the podcast, and has got us a lot of fans back in Illinois, which you know I left a long time ago. And, uh, but he tells everybody he knows about this show. And he even turned on uh, you know a past fan of the week, Eric Cinnamon, onto the show. And, uh, man, I, I really appreciate you, brother. I love you. I mean, he's coming to see me in September, and I can't wait because I have seen this guy in fucking years. Uh, but like I said, a great fan of the show and does everything he can to promote it. So you can't ask more of a fan of the week. So Mark Crane, goddammit, you are the fan
1: of the week. Yeah.
2: All right. Now, now I gotta get to the usual that you know about. We gotta, we gotta pimp everything. We gotta yeah. talk about uh, the dot authority.com Awesome fucking site, man. Got all kinds of shit, music reviews, movie reviews, all kinds of underground music. They have a live stream, and that's what they play. Well, that's what our show's on Saturday nights at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're going to play the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, and I think that's yeah. awesome. So now fans of, like, you know, Pearl Jam and Wilco are going to hear our mm. crazy metal asses. So check out the IndyStation.com.
1: Of yeah. course,
2: our first fucking internet radio station home is that thatMetalStation.com. Yeah. And they got a contest going, and I think it might still be going by the time we air this. They have Box of Metal 3. Which is awesome. You we entered too. I don't know, but uh, you 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 enter this man. They're giving you a bunch of fucking metal CDs, and you're gonna need that because you should all be fucking broke from using our Amazon link <laughs> to to buy all you know all your great fucking metal whatever you want on Amazon. You should be broke, so you need some free CDs. Here's box of metal three. Check it out on thatmetalstation.com. We got a plugger, good friend Mike Tyler, who has two shows on that MetalStation.com on Tuesdays. That is all thrash. And then he does the overnight show on Friday, which is amazing. And we also got the rock show with Gully and Joe. That is every Friday on that MetalStation.com. We got our friends at the Decibel Geek Podcast. Always oh, support us, and we support them. Yeah. Check them out. And check out our fucking show, man. ToddBeating.com and check us out. We're also available on iTunes and we are currently running a contest on iTunes. Once again, leave a review. We know sometimes it's a pain in the ass iTunes review but please do it and you will get an autographed copy. This is some shit you can't get anywhere. An autographed copy of the Combat EP. Yeah. So, yeah, Ooh, so Check damn. that shit out. Because everybody is loving the Combat EP. And get yourself a personalized autographed copy from Dr. Fuck. What could be cooler than that? Hey. Not much. Exactly. Dr. Nothing.
4: Fuck fuck your mom.
2: Exactly. And he's <laughs> going to sign the CD. So, so get in there and leave a nice review. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Do something funny. Something that stands out. And you will win this cherished CD. And check out our past episodes. We have so many new viewers that are like, oh, I love this episode. Go out and check them all out. Because they are all fucking quality episodes. All of them. Check out our YouTube page, which is back in action, better than ever. Oh, my God. The job Ralph does on these. It, its If you love an episode, check out the YouTube version. Because the pictures, the videos, everything that's behind it is Ralph. Is that you that keeps clicking? No. Nope. Okay. Is that you, Terrence? Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's you. Stop, oh, look- sorry. Stop looking at German Scheisseporn. I'm, oh, sorry, I'm, God. I'm doing commercials here.
1: I know. All right.
2: Good. <laughs> check out the YouTube page. Also, check out the links on our Podbean page. We have links for the Indie Authority, thatmetalstation.com, the YouTube page. The Facebook page oh my god if you're not on the Facebook page why not that's where all the fucking drama happens kind of all right. the awesomeness happens become a part of the team uh, there's also links for for thrash die for combat rouse two awesome fucking bands and actually he's got a new band starting up soon and we'll have a fucking link for that if you're really? on if you're on an Android device Uh, Check out PodcastAddict.com. A great way. You just click on it and hit uh, subscribe. You get every episode. If you're not an Apple person, there you go, Android people. You get every fucking episode. And there's always the Amazon way. Man, go on there. Buy whatever. Doesn't cost you a fucking Red cent extra. Buy whatever you want. And I get a little kickback so I can buy some beers so I can be this goddamn funny. All right, well, I know we got some time left. What do you say we play some tunes?
3: All right, let's play some songs. Uh, nothing by Mutt Lang, so Terrence ain't going to be involved in this one.
2: Ha <laughs> ha! And this is a band, if you want to call them that, that I love. I've seen them live. You said you didn't enjoy it at first, but now you know it's a classic. I'm talking about fucking Spinal Tap.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that band.
2: Oh, and off of the album, this is Spinal Tap. We're going to do a two-four. We're going to go from one ride into the other. The first one, we're coming at you with Hell Hole, and that's going to run right into Sex Farm Woman. Nice.
1: Match six. Yeah. We're
3: from from uh, Chicago will know who this band I'm talking about hey that's my neck of the woods but you know they weren't really uh, popular uh, they're called well they're pronounced etro I believe that's how you pronounce the name but you spell the you spell it z o e t r o p e it featured an amazing guy called Barry Stern Stein I believe or Stern who's never now not with us anymore he went on to play Drums for Trouble uh, okay, on, on, right. my, on my favorite Trouble album, the self-title. And I believe he's also on um, Manic, Manic Depressive? Is that the name of that album? I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Plastic Greenhead. I believe he's on that too, but unfortunately he passed away. But this was his band. This is the band he was in in Chicago, and I love this fucking band. Off the album Amnesty, this song is called The Company Man. Petro, Z-O-E-T-R-O-P-E, um, with the song The Company, man. I love that stuff. All righty, and now it's your turn to play the metal. All
2: right, man, I'm going to change it up here like I always do. This is one of my favorite fucking ballads out of the 80s, and I'm not a ballad guy, but I love this fucking song. I think it's criminally underrated off a criminally rated underrated album and band. This is off of Grim Reaper's See No Evil. This is the show, Muscle. Mr. T, we want to thank you for joining us today. You are yeah, a hey. great fan of the show, and oh, uh, you. we hope y'all enjoyed this. And you think this shit was good? Yeah. Wait till fucking next week when Mister Las Vegas himself, Wayne Newton, joins Woo-hoo! us live in the studio as we talk about white snakes. Slide it in.
3: Aww.
1: That's
2: <laughs> that's next week. On the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
3: I'm not going to be on here if it ain't the John Sykes version.
2: Thanks for listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, to Ian Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Riddin your phone number, bitch.
1: <laughs> I love that.